Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The winner of Big Brother 2020. This is the hardest decision I've ever had to make. My heart belongs with someone else. You come to my beach, eh? Your game's done. Welcome to another episode of Reality Is. Now, here's your hosts, Liz and Shane. Welcome to Reality Is, the podcast that shares with you all the tips and tricks to land yourself a spot on a reality TV show. This is a podcast where you can vent with us your horrendous audition experiences, but more than that, it's a chat about how to improve your chances of being cast on one of the most sought after places on reality TV. We're talking Survivor, The Bachelor, Married at First Sight, Farmer Wants a Wife, X Factor, The Voice. I'm Liz Cantor. I'm a two times reality TV show winner and a Australian TV presenter. And I'm Shane, a married celebrant that got on a hotly contested Big Brother 2020. You know, the year when COVID happened. Yes, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Shane, when I auditioned for the mob, we really only had two stages. Uh, We had the initial casting at a hotel in Brisbane where we turned up. We were in like one of those ballrooms, huge room. Everyone did theatre sports and I think it would have been about a four or five hour casting. And then we got culled and those that stayed behind for the afternoon did one-on-one interviews um after that there was a quick phone call um and after that we got sent the contracts so it was a pretty speedy process between turning up and auditioning and then receiving the phone call that you were on the show what was it like for big brother because the mole casting was back in 2005 we're talking 15 years later that you went through your experience (laughs) yeah so ours was uh first of all a, a video diary like off my phone that got sent in and then they called me to my nearest capital city which was brisbane and uh yeah three days of just casting and culling casting and culling monday tuesday wednesday so got to go back on the final day on the wednesday three days is huge yeah we're getting pretty excited and pretty nervous by the third day like obviously you would have thought wow i'm on a roll here i'm still in the mix yeah i was more nervous and excited like the, the further you went down the process the more chance in my mind that i was going all right and then i thought i was going to make it so that's the nerve started to kick in yeah heats by wednesday like day three i was just trying to calm my nerves so i was like watching the the surfing on my ipad and just trying not to think about until my name was called because the process, I knew the next process was going to be a, a long one. Don't want to build it up in your head too much. Exactly. I even went to the point of not having a coffee before I went to my audition because I've learned in the past that sometimes with that adrenaline rush, coffee can make me a little bit speedy. So it's really about thinking the whole day through and 
it sounds ridiculous, but if you're going in for a major audition like that, especially if you've made it to a cull on day three, actually think about what you're eating that morning, what you're fueling <laughs> your body with and what's going to give you enough energy to go the distance. Yeah, it's a fine Treat line. Treat yourself like an athlete. Yeah, you've got, it's a fine line to get a tiptoe your dietary requirements for that day because if you have too much coffee, speedy talking, you have not enough, you're yawning because it's such a long process that day too. So, yeah. And you can't drop the ball. If you're auditioning for a major show or also expect them to ask for your medical history. This was the case when my husband and I participated in Livingstone, which was an international reality show in 2016. It can be quite invasive. So sharing a whole medical history with other people is something to be prepared that you might have to do. Was that the case with you, Shane? Yeah, so the, you had to do um, a medical as well. These all sorts of processes that you had to do. So yeah, a physical medical to make sure that your body was strong enough to take on the challenges like in Big Brother this year. So yeah, it was interesting. That's crazy because back again in 2005 when I auditioned for the mole, we didn't do any physical challenges and we were doing solo skydives out of choppers. I'm pretty sure that they only had that series in New Zealand because of the... Um, oh, H&S? Yeah. <laughs> because they couldn't be sued. Yeah. But here in Australia, they could. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we didn't even chat with a psychologist beforehand. Yeah, right. But these days... That's because your, your show was full of crazy people, so that's okay. <laughs> not wrong. But, yeah, well, I mean, you only have to look at the press these days to see, I think it was House Rules, Channel 7 ordered to pay compensation to the reality show contestants. So they do have to check the people are mentally sane. Yeah, exactly. And just because you've had a period of your life on antidepressants doesn't mean that you're not fit to be cast on one of these shows. All it means is that the producers will be more aware of your triggers. So it really is a good idea to go in and be honest. Hey, antidepressants should probably be in the tap water during 2020. <laughs> so if you've been to someone in the past and discussed your mental health, you're on a, a better track than most of us. Um, do you think these things affect your chances, Shane? They don't affect them at all. I, I'd seen, I seek mental health professionals before I went to the show and they asked me all about that and I had to go seek two more on the on the back of these castings through Endemol Shine and Channel 7. They actually, it's a requirement to get on these shows these days. So um, yeah, and the long sort of processes as well, a couple of hours each time with these uh, these mental health professional psychologists and um, yeah, it was it was great. I found it <laughs> cathartic and therapeutic to tell you the truth. Are you talking about off the back of the experience or before the experience? Before and during. So it didn't matter that I'd already seen a psychologist prior to going to the Big Brother, I just had to go see theirs as well and not just me, all contestants. That's incredible. I'm really impressed that they're doing that these days. But again, so if you do have a history of mental health, it doesn't mean that you can't participate in one of these shows. Yeah, no, it's great. I love it. So if you do have triggers, be aware that they probably will play off these. It's about making good television, people, which is drama and emotions. Right, Shane? Definitely, definitely. I remember getting dragged into the diary room all the time in Big Brother. Just had to start mentioning my kids and my family and I would just well up and start crying because he knew they were my triggers and it makes good reality TV to see a grown man cry. So they probably had a whiteboard up and they were like, Shane, mention kids. Yeah, you mentioned kids straight away. <laughs> and even when I was on Livingstone, the reality TV show that was shot in Africa, we were pretty much starving. We got no food. It was a lot like Australian Survivor, but even worse. And there was one producer in there and she snuck me a green apple, I think, about two weeks into it and I thought because she did that we were the bestest friends in the world I was like we've got such a connection I can tell her anything she's got my back I mean look she's even snuck me an apple like breaking the rules and now I look back and I'm like oh my god she was so manipulating me yeah, she gave me an apple and I would have told her 
anything and that's exactly what she wanted yeah. so yeah. you just yeah they gave me a bucket of KFC and I was just like no dramas just kept me in the diary room and I was eating like devil wings and just talking to big brother just, just opening everything. up about you know, everything Pandora's box came <laughs> flooding open after a box of KFC no dramas this week there's also been a lot of controversy around the casting of two shows the all new Monty on channel 7 and SAS on channel 7 with the all new Monty it's now guys and girls combined but people aren't very happy with the casting of Wayne Carey I don't know you recognise mm, the name yes. that he was quite a controversial sportsman back in the day with drug charges and um, there was a DV charge as well for glassing a girlfriend, which I might add was dropped. It was never taken through the courts. But why, Shane, do you think we're wanting to watch these kind of people still on television? It's reality TV. It's controversy. It's good lean up. It's bubble talk. It's if water fountain talk around the office. People like to be, to see with the, well, these people, the rise and fall regardless. They just want to see it. SAS. Chappelle Corby she's in the cast a lot of people have said why are we putting someone who was convicted of drug trafficking on television and giving them that extra fame why the casting director's doing it once again it's just that reality TV people have followed Chappelle's story for the last 15 years that she was in jail overseas in Bali so they know this name that she's a public figure so putting her on a reality TV show and either she makes it or, or breaks it it doesn't matter people are watching Wayne Carey, I've got mixed emotions on. I don't know if we should be putting him on a charity show in that format. Chappelle Corby, I mean, she's done her time. Yeah. If she wants to sign herself up to be rebroken on SAS Australia, <laughs> then go for it, girlfriend. Yeah, it seems like a hard show. I don't know why you'd put your hand up to do that sort of stuff. I'd probably do it, just saying. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like if Chappelle's out there doing it and she can she put up with it, I mean, she put up for 15 years in a Bali prison. This should be a, a cakewalk. Okay, Shane, let's introduce today's guest. Oh, struggle with my emotions and second guess myself and this is the hardest decision I've ever had to make but I have to be honest with myself and with you my heart belongs with someone else Now, she says that honesty and authenticity are her favourite traits about herself and after speaking with her I tend to agree Born on the sunny Gold Coast of Palm Beach, where she spent her childhood before moving to Bris Vegas to complete her schooling at St. Rita's All-Girl Catholic College. Our guest, Abby Chatfield, sent many a nun running out of the classroom with questions she asked them, especially the questions that nuns have no experience in, mainly sex. Abby was raised by a single mother and always had very strong women influences in her life that backed her with whatever she did, which is why she's a strong woman we see today. Completing university and working as a commercial real estate analyst, Abby had no intention on becoming one of Australia's most famous reality TV personalities. But as fate would happen, her Tinder account had been shut and her friend said she should apply for The Bachelor. It was pretty much a last minute decision as she had to skip a meeting to attend the audition. It's been a wild, wild ride for Abby. She was an absolute pleasure to talk to and we had many a belly laughter in this conversation. So introducing Miss Abby Chatfield. Abby, I need to know more. Why was your Tinder account shut down? Oh my God, everyone asks this question. I have no idea. Like it literally, I think the issue was that I went on two Tinder dates ever. One was a guy that was like a one night stand, like a huge rebound. I told him, I was like, listen, I just need to have sex with someone. He was like, right, live around the corner. Let's go have a drink and go have sex. And then the other one was a guy that I dated for like six weeks and it just like faded out. So I think it was that I wasn't replying to people and people would report me. 
but it actually was banned until literally like last Friday when I got it unbanned because I was doing um, a collab with Tinder. Oh, so they were like, oh, Jesus, so I was like, that's a- back on Tinder. Jesus Christ. I know, I'm back on Tinder. I'm back on the Tinder with a gold with a gold membership. So watch out. Oh, wow. the, the lock up, lock up, lock up, ladies and gentlemen, just lock it up. Shane, doesn't that make you feel old? Because we were both done and dusted by yeah. the time Tinder came around. I don't, I don't remember ever having an actual like, um, I was 20 by the time I had a mobile phone. And even then, it was a brick and it didn't have a screen or anything like that and I left it at home because it was embarrassing to mm. carry around my mum's like carry your phone around it's a mobile it's called a mobile and I was like hey, you, this thing's about this thing looks like this it looks like a one liter bottle of Mount Franklin I'm not carrying mm. that shit around embarrassing <laughs> castings yeah. aren't always easy to get to especially if you do have a job how did you do the juggle oh my god I so I literally like I said I, I applied and they called me like I think the next day or that afternoon they said cool there's auditions tomorrow so then I just told what like I had a meeting for work and I was like, oh, I can't come. I've got a doctor's appointment. I'm sick. <laughs> and then I, I like went as kind of like just a bit of a joke because I thought like, oh, you know, if I don't go, I'll regret it. Like I didn't, I wasn't like dying to get on. I literally went to like down to the shops, like a $30 dress. It was so hot. It was in the middle of summer. I walked like two kilometers from the train station down to this, this um, hotel that it was at. And yeah, I, I then just auditioned. And then within like, I think like eight weeks I was in the mansion. So I, I told work where I was going, even though one of us didn't get mad that I'd said that but you know obviously I'm gonna tell anyone but I was like I can't explain this I can't say I could be gone for a weekend or for three months like there's like they'll fire me so when I told them what it was they were like awesome go do that then I came back and I quit <laughs> they were like we support you we love you you're amazing and I was like thanks then I came back and I quit and they were like was this planned all along and I was like oh no it wasn't but like I now can't stand to be here so <laughs> life has changed well for those listeners that did hear episode one I also mentioned that I had to quit my job after receiving the phone call that I've been cast on the mall. I went back to uh, my office at CFM where I was driving the, the CFM cruises and asked for some time off and they were like, nah. So I was only job in my lifetime I've ever quit. But it's a bit liberating. But yeah, the thing is when they say no, you're like, well, what am I going to do? Sit at this job that I've, that this mediocre job that I don't really like. What's that I don't go on TV? Like, may as well take a risk. You can find another job. Yeah. Like you're replaceable, but also every job is replaceable. Let's take one more step further backwards. How did you even find out about the casting and what were your thoughts? Oh, we literally, like my roommate and I, I was dating this guy who moved from Scotland to, maybe not to be with me, but kind of. I met him in Scotland a couple months before. We were like <laughs> dating long distance. He came to Australia, he's living with me. And we both were just like, oh, this is not what we thought it was. Like it wasn't really bad. It was just like, oh, this is a sum- This is like a holiday romance. And he was one of my best friend's brothers. And we are like, oh, I'd be part of the family, like amazing thing. We were like, no. And then he moved to Sydney and I was just like, oh, I'm a bit bored to go on Tinder. Tinder was obviously blocked. And then my housemate was just like, let's just, let's see, is the is the Bachelor casting? Like I had no idea about when they cast, when they filmed, but like I hadn't watched a full episode ever. Like I was not like in this, it was honestly a joke. Um, and then when I got on, I was like, I'll last a week, Max. And then obviously got to the end and dumped at a rock in Africa. So <laughs> The rest is history. Oh, mm. darling, coming runner-up. That's, yeah. Did you have it's to the, process that? Yeah, it's the absolute worst because when you get to top five, I started saying, like, I want to go home. I would tell Matt, I'm like, if it's not me, send me home. Oh. Like, I, like because every week, because it's in, like, top five, then to meet your family, then it's, like, you're on, like, full, like, 17-hour dates. So you're with them for a very long time. And, okay, maybe it is me. You get hope. 
Hope mm. is the worst thing of all. Yeah. You get hope. And then you're in finale and you're in like, you meet his friends who, we won't talk about that. Um, oh, why not? And then. Sounds, that sounds. Oh, his best friend. His best yeah. friend. She is the, I literally said on camera, she's horrible. That is the only time I bitched about someone on camera that I will, that oh, wasn't yeah. edited and that I still say to this day, I hate her. Oh. I Like she was she was awful, awful, awful to me. Um, but anyway, so you get to a certain point and then coming second, you're like, I really had committed to this plan to being with you. Also because you're kind of forced to talk about really heavy things. Like, will you move down? If you move down, will you want to have kids? How long do you have kids? Will we get married? What do you like? You're forced to, cause you're talking about it in this like very insular environment. So you have your whole life planned out with this person and then they're like, nah, busy. Sorry with someone else. And you're like, okay, back to my normal nine to five then, I guess. And pretending that we're together. Like, I'm not really sure. It's fucking awful. Totally bizarre experience. During the start of this episode, we were actually discussing how back when I auditioned for the mole in 2005, we didn't really do um, medical checks or um, like psych evaluations. But these days, a lot of the casting experiences, you will have to hand over your whole medical history. And it's quite an invasive thing to do to give someone all your medical history. But I guess what we were trying to say to the listeners as well is be honest with your medical history, because just because you've had a period on antidepressants or... um, you've had some complications with health in the past that they're not going to be reasons you're not cast. They're just going to be able to manage you better and warn producers about your triggers too, which might not always be such a good thing. Or use but them yeah, against no, totally, you. I totally agree. It's, it's, uh, that was something that I had a friend recently auditioned for a different show and he was like, you know, I had the psych evaluation and I was like, you have to be a, a hundred percent honest. He's like, oh, I'm scared they won't have you on. I'm like, no, because like, A, you're right. They're not going to not cast you because you've had anxiety or depression. Cause let's be fucking honest. Anyone applying for these shows, there's something a bit wrong with them. Let's all be honest, everyone. <laughs> and, 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 and B then, then if you have, if you do have something like a nervous breakdown on the show, they're a little bit liable as well because they've been told about it. If you don't tell them you've lied and it's like, well, what can we do to help you? We didn't know this. We had nowhere to support you, which is true. So it's, it's really for your own benefit. It's not for. And I also naughty. think it's commendable. Like if you've actually been to someone in the past, to have a mental health check or to have like yourself, Shane, yeah. a chat with a psychologist. I think when uh, the casting agencies see this and the producers see that, that's like almost a tick. Like, okay, they're good at addressing their mental health. They know where they're at. They're yeah, yeah. happy to put themselves forward. They've evaluated and improved themselves. So yeah, definitely nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, you got to own it. Mm-hmm. you got to definitely own yourself and, you know, own your own sort of, I guess, mental headspace as well before going to this sort of predicament. So back to your casting experience, Abby, you mentioned you bought a mm-hmm. $30 dress, but we want some details. Like what were you wearing? What did you have for breakfast that day? How long was the process? Or what was your casting experience? Uh, let me try and think. Okay. So my dress was like one from, you know, that shop Melrose Avenue. I do. But like, it's one like Shane's favorites. Yeah. It's literally like, I, it's I like, at, like, it'll be at like Rabina, Chermside, you know, like a little random one in the corner, 30 to $80 dresses, you know, all knockoffs of like a Beckham bridge or something. Was um, it a color you know, or a pattern? It was a pattern. It was like Ooh, um, white, with green, thing, like yeah. olive leaf and he had like a little tie thing. It was a mini dress. It was a sundress. And then I wore nude heels and my hair curly now and I was going to straighten it. And everyone was like, don't straighten it. And I really think that having my hair curly got me on. Like That's I truly I believe. Say. Curly hair, the girl with the curly hair, you know what I mean? They're like, she's crazy. She's crazy. <laughs> she's so crazy. So then we go in and, you know, it's, I think, oh God, like half an hour um, of essentially like first day of uni chats. Like, what would you do if you found out that your best friend's fiance was cheating on her and it's the wedding day? What would you, like, it was like very, it was dance to this song. Like it was bizarre. And I just kind of was like, this is 
literally triggering back to like first day of my property economics degree. Like I don't want to do this. And then you do like a pretend, a pretend meeting the bachelor. So and like actually, a bit of okay, the first, Yeah. Yeah. It was actually like improv. Like yeah. it was like crazy. And the first question they asked actually was, and this is something that I truly believe I, this may be a conspiracy theory in my mind, but I truly believe they use it against me later on. The first question they asked was um, the casting agents in the middle. And she's like, all right, I want everyone to think about something they hate about themselves. Like, hey, what's the number one thing you would change about yourself? And she goes, Abby, you know, this is like the first thing that's been like spoken. And I was like, my hoofs. <laughs> and she was like, what? And I was like, my big fat feet. Like, hate my hooves. Like, my mum calls them my hooves. Like, she literally texts me sometimes, sometimes going, these these shoes wouldn't fit on your hooves. Like, Thanks. Like, they're fucked. My ex-boyfriend, like, everyone everyone calls them the hoofs. And it's like a big thing. Like, guys at work would be like, oh, the, like, if I wore an open toe shoe, like, oh, the hoofs are out today. Like, it's like a thing. Right? Um, and because I'm like five foot three, but I have a size nine and a half shoe. It's very confusing for everyone in my life. So I said that. And then my first date was fruit stomping with my with my big fat hooves, ah. and I truly believe. And they were doing close ups. They were like the camera guys were like in the in the fruit bucket with my <laughs> hoof stomping, and I was like, Matt, this is fucked. Like they they they've tormented me, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going crazy, <laughs> paranoid, but I reckon they were like fuck with her with that, make her have her feet out on a fucking date when she does my nightmare for sure. A hundred percent. Good trigger. <laughs> and uh, let's just remind our listeners, this is what you want to be on. <laughs> if you go ahead with your audition, be prepared yeah. to- uh, I mean- To reveal warts and all, you know, so to speak. Got oh, hooves and sure. all. <laughs> I mean, it ended up being very funny, but and then every date that I had, I happened to be barefoot. And I think it was a conspiracy. I think it was me going crazy, <laughs> but like we're always at the beach or like on a yacht where they're like, no shoes. And I was like, <laughs> and I would tell Matt, and I'm like, Matt, like, I don't think you understand. Like, I don't know if I'm going crazy. He'd be like, oh, they're not doing it. And I'm like, they are. They are. Like, every day we've had my hooves are out and I haven't been able to get, like, a, a proper pedicure because we're in the mat. Like, oh, my God. It was, um, yeah, it was traumatizing. But then after that, then we got through the next round and it was like a DNM with the producers, you know. And they were like, you know, what what makes you laugh? And I told them that. And I remember one of the producers who was there throughout the whole thing, which is so funny looking back now, but he goes, we've heard what makes you laugh, but now what makes you cry? <laughs> can you remember your answer oh yeah my like abusive ex-stepdad so like it was like a serious thing but yeah. I was like it was like really traumatic like not the not the um audition but it was like a therapy session almost that second part of the the dnm I know if you had that as well did you have it as well Shane but yeah like, we have a dnm yeah like, like we had I was just telling Liz before like we had two lots of psychologists come through um which lasted like two or three hours these sessions and they'll just ask you questions after questions the deeper you got through the casting the longer these sort of uh yeah psychologists um would talk to you mm. and you just go back and forth mm. starting with like the most traumatic things that have happened to you in your life and yeah and you just go back through and i, I was the same as you I, I they they broke me i was like in tears for a lot of it yeah it's i mean they're like oh she has range <laughs> <laughs> like and i think then and then you know then they have all the all the psychs and the medicals and then you're on like i it was a very quick thing for me a lot of people apply in like september i think it opens or like something like that because I was getting DMs this year like last September from girls saying should I apply and I was like mm. so yeah no it was it was a very strange experience then suddenly I was I was meeting Matt Agnew and I was like oh this is all for a laugh and now things are getting a bit serious and I'm like oh fuck I'm here and I'm on the rock and now I'm getting done like, okay back at work here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's funny how you touched on the fact that you thought you got cast because of your curly hair because we definitely think that as well as your personality, there has to be some form of physical remembrance. And there's this theory as well that if you go in and wear a solid colour, you're easily remembered because you're that girl that was in the pink shirt, that guy that was in the green shirt, as opposed to if you're wearing a pattern and you're a bit too busy and their eyes get all distracted and they can't like zone in onto something. So that's a bit of a tip as well for our listeners, like to not make yourself too busy, but have have that one thing that might be memorable. That's true. Well, in the show even, I wasn't allowed to straighten my hair for the first three weeks. Yeah. Anything you avoided on casting day. Can I just mention as well, Abby's having a wine while we chat and it's 1.18pm oh, and I just love you. I love you. Oh, babe, this is the life She's of She's finished that one at 1.18. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was having a beer yesterday on my stories. So you were like, love you having a beer on a Monday Arvo or like a Sunday yesterday. I don't know. Stone and wood. Like, I, it was a stone I, and wood I, too. Stone and wood. And I was like, why would I not be? Like, for what reason why I not have wine? Why would I not be? Because yeah. I have to pick a two and a three-year-old up from kindy in a couple of hours' time. <laughs> I don't get to uh, have my glass until the sun goes down. Yep. And they go Thank down. Thank God for the morning after pill. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, talking about avoidance, anything you avoided on the day of casting, like I was mentioning earlier, I purposely avoided coffee because if I get a bit nervous or my adrenaline kicks in and I've had caffeine, I know that I get a bit too speedy or it can take me a little while to like get the right words out. Do you Did you know that about yourself or is there anything that you kind of thought, okay, today I'm going to take a step back from this? No, this is simultaneously my issue and my charm is that I don't think before I do things. Like I'm not like, I, like, I think because I, I'm, I 
think because I'm so anxious, all my years of therapy have trained me to be like, what's going to happen is going to happen. So now I'm like, who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> I remember I got wasted. So in between the like group auditions and the and the DNM part, there was a couple of hours where they go through individually each girl. And I was like the second last person to go in. So I was drinking, we were waiting in a bar. <laughs> so I was obviously sending it. Like I was obviously fucked. Like uh, I didn't even think, because again, I didn't think I'd even get on. Like let alone did I think that, they would like, I would save for so long. So no, I didn't really avoid anything. I mean, no, no, I never do. And that's the issue is, it? and that's why I got the villain edit. Cause I, I don't shut the fuck up. I love that you're sending it. Oh, where were <laughs> you when you got the phone call that you had scored a spot on the show? At work in a, in a meeting room. How did it go um, down? And they were like, so we want to offer you a space on season seven of The Bachelor. And I was like, sick. When is that? Like in like two weeks. And I was like, mm. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I didn't, again, I didn't really care. Is that bad to say? Like I, I literally was like, oh, this is exciting. Didn't really understand the gravity of it. Didn't understand how much it's going to change my life. So yeah, I think I have like a different story to most people who got on these shows. Because so I was DMing a few girls before they got on this season. Some got on, some didn't. And they would like DM me saying, am I on? Am I not like freaking out about it? I didn't think about it. I auditioned. I waited for a phone call. I did the medical. So, so expensive to do the medical as well. Side note, everyone. A full <laughs> medical is so fucking expensive. Do the medical. And then what? And then they called me and I was like, cool. All right. Better start shopping for some clothes. Like it was very, I was very blase about it. Very you got blase. more time than me, Abby, because I got the phone call on a Friday and on the Monday. So I had to send the contract back on a Saturday on the weekend. And by the Monday I was on a plane to do like the serious? opener for the mall. So but back then social media didn't exist. So I think it was their way of stopping us from telling too many people because we were like right. off to New Zealand within days. And if we said no, they obviously had someone else that was going to say yes, like next down in line because it was yes. so competitive to get a spot yeah. on the show. So they really, they won't put themselves out for you unless like it's extreme circumstances or a celebrity casting. Mm-hmm. They expect you to kind of just toe the line and, and jump when they say jump. So be prepared mm-hmm. to jump people. <laughs> Who was the first person you told Abby? The admin at work. So I was really close with her. I was the analyst and she was the admin. She is the most, I, oh God, I miss her. She was the fucking best. She was in Melbourne now. I still see her every so often. She's um she's in like her late 40s, but we just were like besties at work, like to the point where I remember the week before I was so hungover at work that she put a picnic blanket on the floor under her boss's desk and got me a pillow and I was like vomiting underneath her. Like we were just like very, we were like besties. So I told her and she was like, she was more excited than me. She's like, um, no. No, I'm so, and I was like, yeah, how weird. And she's like, you're going to be doing so well. You're amazing. You're fabulous. I love it. And then I called, I called mom. I know I was, I was like weirdly hesitant to tell people, A, because you're not allowed to, but also I was just like, oh, how embarrassing. Like I was like, <laughs> why have I applied for a reality TV show? Actually, I told my ex-boyfriend, we had lunch that day and he was like, you need to go. And I was like, I just don't really want to. And he kind of pushed me to go. Cause I was, I was like, I just don't think it'll be good for me. I don't think it'll, I won't get very far. It'd be waste time. I've worked through, I have this big project on right now with work. I like, I don't want to go. What's the point? And he was like, the only thing you have to lose is like a bit of money with work. Um, and he was like, it'll be good for you. It'll be great. And to this day, he like tells me, he's like, I told you to go on that show. I think <laughs> this is the Scottish fella. No, this is a different ex boyfriend. Yeah. I was just devastated. I didn't get to see more of you on Bachelor in Paradise. I was so oh, heartbroken. Everyone was like, I'm so stoked so early. And I was like, I was stoked. To like, <laughs> I like, like, I kept I watching. Like I'm like, they're going to bring Abby back. They're going to bring her back. They're going to bring her back. What the hell well, happened there? 
Well, I thought I would have brought me back as well. And I was re- I was like, if they asked me to go back, I really can't be asked. That's a stupid flight to Fiji. I, well, the thing is, I, they show they only showed me like liking Kieran. Kieran and I had a conversation after our date where I was like, hey, like, because he didn't ask me one question about myself. So I was like, hey, like, I don't really like you, but like, I would sleep with you on the outside, but like, let's not like do anything with this. He's like, yeah, same. Like, this is like not a thing. I was like, great. So then I was like waiting to go home. Like, I was like literally like crying to the makeup artist and the wardrobe and the the, the stylist being like, I just want to get sent home tonight. Like I was like sobbing in when we when we were doing um fittings, I was like crying and she was hugging me. I was like, I just want to leave. I don't want to be here. This is trick. It was actually really triggering being there as well because I had to talk about Matt a lot, which wasn't shown, but in master interviews and stuff, it was like, how do you feel about Matt now? Because it was only four months after it aired. Yeah, right. And Matt and Chelsea had just broken up like the day before I left I broke up so it was like this big thing where I was like still emotional about Matt so I was there were there were literally I was there for three days and every day I cried I sat on a swing sobbing because I was like this is too triggering for me to be here so everyone was like we're so sorry you left I'm like I at the time was like get me out of here like let me leave oh darling I'm sorry to hear that so emotionally invested as well well well, I I watched The Bachelor I adored you and I watched The Bachelor in Paradise and a big reason was because you were going to be on that season too and you're just I got so many DMs and like you let us down like in like a nice way and I was like (laughs) I really can't (laughs) thanks guys I'm getting really sidetracked here but as someone who watched your experiences did you hear from Matt when he broke up with Chelsea no no I think I think Matt is good boy because that that would almost be like come on mate I'm not gonna be your second best like come back now I I have I have you know I yeah I do I do think Matt because Matt you know he's friends with all the crew still as I am so I kind of like know how he's going through crew Mm -hmm. which is nice um, which is all I really care about is to know that he's going okay. But um, yeah, no, we haven't spoken, and I mean, I don't think we ever will. Which is you're too busy running weird. your own race now. A lot happening for you. No, I've got I've got like four boyfriends right now. It's so <laughs> I feel like I'm. I see my girlfriends. I was like, oh, like guys, it's hometowns. I'm so stressed. Who do I send home? And I was like, I have my winner in my mind. Like, what if things change? What if my friends meet them and like, I, I literally am the bachelorette. Like, I don't think Get without the cameras. Understand. So good. And that's why you've got oh. your It's a Lot podcast. We uh, might solicit that too. Yeah. It's a mm. lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Hey, it's a lot. going back to your original experience with The Bachelor, were you paid during that process? Mm. I got a living allowance on the mole. Mm, Big Brother contestants got a little sort bit of, more. Yeah, a little bit. We weren't, we weren't paid, paid, but like a, an expense, I guess a daily expense. Should listeners be prepared to kind of run at a loss if they do get cast on the show? Okay. profit okay. if you're jobless. Yes, <laughs> yes, but, okay, here's the thing. There's some maths involved. There's Let's some tax involved. That's it. I want to hear the breakdown. So obviously you get paid, a, I don't want to say how much, so I feel like you're breaking contract, but like you get paid, like how, did you say how much you get paid? No, this is a daily allowance. A daily allowance, right. So your daily allowance that ended up being less than my usual income. Yeah. That is not taxed because that is technically, what is it, like prize money or something. So it's yeah. not, it's not taxed. So you then have, if you're away for, a, if you reach a certain, th- if you have for a week, no, it doesn't matter. But I was there for three months. So three months of my normal income that I was still, that I, I wasn't getting paid at my old job. So I had three months less of my income. So I ended up getting seven and a half grand back in tax because I was under a different threshold that year. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. So if you're there for a long time and you have a nine to five and you're above a certain threshold, if you're above like 80 or 90 grand a year and you go away, you will make <laughs> that was like my, the start of my savings was getting my tax back, even though, and, and because you're not spending anything either. Like, yeah. you, like if you're in there for a long time, it actually, it's like a savings plan. Like you, if you just have your rent taken out every week, if it isn't too much, 
I was living with mum. I moved my stuff out of mum's place so I didn't have rent to pay. So I literally just like banked it everywhere. It was great. All I had to pay was my car payment. So I like, I saved money, but only because I was there for three months. So it was like three months less of pay and therefore tax bracket was down and therefore tax time I was like, yeah. And that's why you see the girls that aren't into the bachelor at all sobbing when they don't get a rose. They're like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I needed that extra yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know when I won them all, I actually did get taxed 45% of my prize. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? I'm not sure what it was back then in 2005, but for some reason it was considered an income because Channel 7 had given me uh, wow. Like a pay each week. So when I got that, yep, forty five percent of the winnings had to go to the tax sucks. man. Oh man, that it hurt. Sucks. Highlight of the experience. Now this can be during the show or during the casting. Can it be off camera? Yeah, just anything that really left you with that warm, fuzzy memory of the so whole was, time in your life. So I was really close with the crew. Like I was very close in my mind. Uh, for those of you who don't know, when you're on like shows like this, I don't know if it's the same for the shows that you guys were on, but I would actually get a mind, like a babysitter. So my minder and I became very close. Like we spent New Year's together last year. And we, there was a time before the top three rows at the final row ceremony. And I was so fucking anxious because I was like, oh, I really like him. Like, he's like top three. I, I don't think he's going to choose me, blah, 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 blah. Me, Eleanor, and Chelsea. And we're locked in different, different bedrooms. And to make me feel better, she and I loved Rocky Horror. <laughs> you know, the music of Rocky Horror. Yeah. So we just, we sung the entire soundtrack from start to finish because we had to wait for like hours. So we sung the entire soundtrack start to finish, including like dances and stuff before the rose ceremony and the final rose ceremony. So that was like, like my favorite part and um yeah anything with wendy anything with wendy was great i love so that, was really that. Yeah, that's cool i still remember my yeah. minder from the mall her name was natalie um again way back in 2005 but they just really imprint on your life because it is mm. such an extremely emotional time of your life no matter what happens to you on the show um and so it is nice to have that person there that you know you can just check in with she's now a producer on better homes and gardens yeah right so be nice to your minders people they might just be you know and Entering the industry and in the minding role, but they often go on to become producers yes. or executive producers themselves. Mm-hmm. I was blindfolded a lot, so we didn't get uh, to see too many, and we weren't allowed to talk when we got because we got taken off site. Go do challenges in the Big Brother house. It looks like it's the backyard, but they blindfold ah, you and take you off site to go do a challenge. Ooh, the magic really? of television, people! Oh <laughs> yeah. my god! So blindfolded, even blindfolded before I got to my hotel. Blindfolded from the hotel to the Big Brother house. Yeah, man. And then you just sort of take the bride really and off. off. <laughs> of course you would have. Why are you like, what's going on? Just feel around to see what's happening. <laughs> what's happening? Oh um, after God. a while, actually, the poor sound guys, the poor sound guys, we were all so horny by like top five. That when they were like, do our mics up afterwards, you'd be like, did you guys just get turned on by the sound guy putting your mic on? Like, yeah, you guys got turned on by the sound guy putting the mic on because someone was fucking touching us for three months. All the women, like, it was yeah. fucking horrendous. The poor crew. Look at producer Brad Smiley, Jane. Yeah, he's, he's like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, yeah. Imagine that. Chat. Any touch. <laughs> any touch. Yeah, any touch will do. Any behind the scenes secrets from you, Abby? Oh, God. Too many. <laughs> give me some, can you give me some examples? I feel like the thing is, it's weird because when you're filming shows, you feel like it's 
normal and I, it's known. Yeah, absolutely. It <laughs> was a secret. Like A behind-the-scenes secret from my experience on Livingstone, which, again, was that international reality TV show that was shot in Africa. We were starved, like proper starved. During the casting experience, we were told that we would be given limited food, and both Ryan and myself thought that meant maybe one meal a day, limited food. We were like, yeah, we're down with that. We can survive, like, one meal a day. We can survive limited food. Limited food when we got there was for 10 people for the first two days, we were given one apple and one, I think it was tin of spam to share over two days and 10 people. So we like had to ration it and slice it and argue over what time we should have that at what point. And so I think it was about three weeks into it and Ola, who was one of my favorite girl contestants and I, we again had to be moved between A and B. So we were allowed into one of the crew trucks for a while. And as they were setting up for a challenge, we realized that the seat we were sitting on lifted up and it was like an esky underneath the seat and it was full of cans of soft drink and in the moment we, like we were like oh my god we're gonna get kicked off the show but fuck it yeah. and we just cracked a coca-cola and still to this day it was the best thing i have ever tasted in the my sugar. life the oh sugar the caffeine like that I was the happiest person in the world for the next 24 hours. <laughs> Did they find out? No. But, and and I, we were so nervous. Like I was waiting for them to go and count the cans and bust me like for the next three days. And then we'd, how would they punish us? Would they kick us off the show? But contestants or anyone that actually gets on these shows – Please do that shit. They can't kick you off the show. You are the show. <laughs> manipulate them as much as they manipulate you. And if you have the chance to steal some of the crew's food, steal it. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. that's true. They, that's so true that the show needs you more than you need them. But the show needs contestants. So if you have a coup, you can leave. Did you have anything at all? Like, I, I, don't, I don't think I have any secrets. Oh, mine was just like the thing, like the, like the showing of in between. Like there's so much that they don't show on Big Brother. Like because that like mm-hmm. three days is like one episode so it's like oh, yeah, yeah. 80 hours of footage that they just put in for a 60 minute episode so there was heaps of stuff that they didn't show on big brother heaps and heaps and heaps of stuff like i couldn't <gasps> even, i couldn't even start to rattle off the shit that we did behind the scenes that wasn't shown on television common occurrence we had there was a part of mine i might say that wasn't shown a whole section that wasn't shown would you like me to tell you the story yes, yes. <laughs> okay. we love a story that's why we're doing this podcast i don't, I don't even know if I, I don't know if i've even told this in interviews so guys i don't oh, think i have this scooping. is my I know, juicy, but I mean, it isn't that juicy, but it's pretty precious. This is finale. Our final date together, we did, we went on that helicopter, like we were helicopter over this like weird canyon thing. How exciting, meteorites, yay, space. <laughs> and um, wow, I love astrophysics. And then we got back and we had a picnic and then that's kind of where our date ended, right? No. The date, we then had a picnic and Matt was like, oh, look at that. And I was like, what is it? And it was someone parasailing. Right. So I was like, I've always wanted to go parasailing. Like my, I, this is the thing that I've always wanted to do. This is so exciting. I get to do an Africa with you, the man who I'm, who's going to choose me. <laughs> but I thought you were at that point. So exciting. Anyway, we get on this little boat across the river, across the lake. And Matt's like, I feel really weird about this. And I was like, babe, it's so fine. And he was like, no, I, I, I don't, there's not enough wind. Like, I, And his stupid little physicist brain we get it. You look good at maths. You know what I mean? And he was like, I just don't feel good about it. And I was like, Matt, grow up. It's our last day together. Like, just have fun. Like, but they would never let anything happen to us. They would <laughs> never let anything happen to us. Like, it's finale. Like, they've already tested this, obviously. And he was like, I don't know. 
we get off and we have no shoes on. And we, again, no, no, okay, this is part of it. This is part of the horror. We have no shoes on and we like, we walk up and there's like a few like bindies and stuff. I'm like, oh, this sucks. We go to this other little van, the van driver's different place. We get out of this other place and there is just like glass. There is like a few like syringes and stuff. And there are these <sighs> giant bind, like giant fucking bindies. And there's this South African man in the corner going, Hey, have you got some shoes? And we're like, we don't have shoes. And he's like, you're about to walk through a field of thorns. And we're like, a field of thorns? And he was like, a field of thorns. And we're like, we can, we have, it's it's like a hundred meters down to the water. And we're like, there are, there are thorns. There are fucking giant fucking thorns, glass and syringes, right? And it is like, Matt's like, fuck, we walked two steps. I'm like, Matt, I can't do this. He's like, get on my back. So I'm on Matt, Matt's back, like holding like a koala. His feet, are, his, his steps, and he puts his foot up. I pull a thorn out. Next step, I pull a thorn out. Oh. Like it was like, oh, I was on his back. And then this safety guy came and he carried me on his back with shoes on. I'm like, bye. And then Matt had to like, Matt had to go down. So this is the start of it. We're like, our feet are bleeding a little bit. We're like, it's fine. Like, ha, 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 ha. And because well on these shows, you want to be like the cool girl. Like, nothing phases me, even though my feet are dripping in blood. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm positive. Ha, ha, ha. And because a part of you also thinks they're trying to they're trying to get a reaction. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, oh they're go. trying to make me have a sooks here. So I'm going to have more fun. I'm going to go, ha, how fun is blood? <laughs> and then so obviously to go parasailing, you have to you have to run to get up in the air. Like you have to run while the thing's pulling you, but otherwise you just get through the water, right? So we were like, okay, we can still see glass and thorns everywhere, but we're just going to cop it and then we get in the air. We like plan, we're going we're gonna to pull out the thorns and get into the air. We got up in the air, totally fine, feet, you know, blood dripping across this lake. <laughs> it wasn't like hectic, I'm being a bit dramatic, but it was like a bit of blood. Put out our thorns, you know, the standard, and we had a little, a little kiss and there was a GoPro and we were like, okay, what we'll do is we'll just like, we'll, we'll kiss for a little while, they'll get the shot and we'll actually enjoy this because this was our last day together and I was like maybe I won't see you ever again after today so we were just like laughing and then like it started to go like down a little bit like slower and slower (laughs) and we were sort of and we kind of said to each other I was like they're doing this for reaction right and he was like yeah for sure for sure for sure like let's have a laugh let's go oh whoops we're in the water and then we'll go back up we'll go faster and I was like okay cool whatever we get in the water and because he had really because the bachelor for those of you who don't know they like have to work out like an hour a day they have to eat really well I think for their mental health they make them like eat really well and work out so he was like super fit he was eating like like steamed chicken with broccoli I was uh, eating like fucking like popcorn chicken and like didn't care so he was so fit I wasn't working out at all so he like got in the water it's hard to explain that visual he hit the water and because he's he was holding his legs up his core could hold it so his bum hit the water me not so much at the time hadn't exercised in three months my ankles hit my my like the balls of my feet hit the water and I spun around so now I'm like supermaning I'm supermaning through the water at like fucking 100 kilometers an hour and I'm like and I'm like I'm like Matt Matt and then Matt's like fuck and we've got this we've got we've got these um uh, what are they called life jackets on and our mics are in the life jackets and the mics are obviously getting fucked by the water and that, that's like that's like pulling me up he's like abs abs spin, around, spin, spin your body around I'm like and once you once you the friction once you once you've hit the water you can't move like you can't move your body around I'm like kind of like finally Matt Matt the strongest man in the world 
has his legs up and pulls my legs up somehow over the water. I'm like, okay, amazing. We've got, he's like, he's like, Abby, put your legs on my legs. Because if we go under again, we're fucked. Like, you're like, <laughs> anyway, I may or may not have fucked up and I went back in the water. Then I'm like spinning, like circle. Like, <laughs> but, like I remember in the interview afterwards, I was like spinning my spinning chair. Like, this is me in circles like this. And Matt still is like, what the fuck? Then he is like supermaning because he's trying to save me. And I'm like, I actually almost, I almost, tried. I was blue and I couldn't hear us. They thought we were like having a fun time because our mics were going. So it was seven minutes of being dragged. I, and I know it's funny now, but I honestly, cause you have to, cause even to get your head above water, you have to like have caught, abstractly like your back muscles for seven minutes. When you, so they nearly killed you. Nearly killed. Like actually then, not joking. So then we get, then we stop, and Matt goes, what the fuck, Matt? So he's like, what the fuck was that? Like, why are they like, are they almost killed you? They almost killed my, my runner up. Like, I need someone to dump tomorrow. It's like, fuck. Like, and then, then we get, because we're getting filmed as soon as we get out. And it's fr- also, it's winter. It's freezing fucking cold in the water as well. It's winter in South Africa. And we're like, <laughs> wasn't that funny? <laughs> wow. Um, and then he was like, hey, mate, like, like did we, did, did we, like, Test this, and I must have tested this morning. That morning with someone because he was like six foot three and like big, and it was me as well. I've tested it with one person. I don't really know. I don't want to like throw anything out there about Warner Brothers, but they did like their best. But the guy was like, "We haven't had someone do this out on this like in twelve years." Oh. And Matt and I were like, "So here's the thing, guys. We could have just not done that." I had chafing. I had chafing from the harness right near my vajuts, literally, <laughs> like so fucked to the point where. Matt was like, are you okay? I was blue. The medic had to come and see me. And then on the drive home, makeup artist Helen would die for her. She was pissing herself laughing. She's like, I didn't mean to laugh. And she was like, I'm sitting there, undies off, like, because of the chafing. She's doing her makeup in the car where they're braiding my hair and shit for the final date. And she put, like, aloe vera, like, right, like, on my fucking groin, like, because it's just, like, chafed. And she's like, good date, love. <laughs> like you're literally aloeing up my vagina right now helen like love you but like what the fuck babe and she was like like helen is an angel and then we go back it gets worse so then we get back to the fucking hotel and helen again would die for her would die for her so we got along really well and i laughed at something she said we were singing in excess or something and then she told me so about michael hutchins of course and then as every fucking you know person that age every woman that age some some reason I'm about Michael Hutchins. Anyway, tell me a story. I laughed, and when I <laughs> and when I laughed, Lake Water came out of my vagina. Oh wow! Everyone, I then had to put. Then I was like Helen, and and the stars. It must have swallowed like, a bit because it was seven minutes under. So yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. It was it was stuck, and I was like, guys. Then they were like, just push, just push. Oh. Like, everyone thinks. See, everyone thinks about you so glamorous. I'm there pushing Lake Water out of my vaginal canal. <laughs> sitting there being like fuck, fuck on the toilet on the toilet and then i was like i have to put a tampon in to suck, suck so i literally the whole final date with matt i wouldn't stand up because there was i could feel there was because i would laugh with matt and i would like like push out there's a surprising amount of volume inside a vaginal canal turns out everybody um where i would laugh and i would drip i would drip um like water so that was the last time matt agnew saw me <laughs> Shane's crying. I've, I, I've lost it over here. I think that story is absolute gold. And I think that's the best <laughs> secret. Behind the scenes secret. <laughs> we've heard on reality TV. Uh, but, oh, mate. That's just, I don't so, even go, I'm speechless, Abs. I'm just, you've got me. 
I'm crying my eyes out over here. I reckon it's the best story going around. Oh, my God. Remind so me in a future that. episode, Shane, to tell you <laughs> in the challenge in the mole that I nearly died as well, which they then cut out of the show. Oh, well, I can't say. I'm going to tell you really quickly, but we'll probably cut this out for time. But basically they had a challenge going and they had two paintball people in a chopper shooting down at us and we were on quad bikes driving. So we had to get from A to B on the quad bikes without getting shot by a paintball guy from the chopper. And so I'm fanging it on the quad bike and I hear the chopper coming. It was so scary. And he starts Mm. shooting towards me and I got throttle free. Yeah, oh, so like no. basically because I was getting scared, I gripped my throttle and, and I, I didn't let go to stop the quad bike. So I just start oh. like hitting bumps and just fanging this thing, go down oh a ditch, hit the ditch. Like this quad bike stops. And I think the only thing that stopped me breaking my neck as I went over the handlebars was that I landed up a hill. Oh. So I kind of like somersaulted and rolled up a hill. And you know what I did? I just kept running. You could have actually died. Yeah, a dead set. They didn't show They didn't show that's any of it. And I was thinking, oh, my God, that's going to be the best vision. I can't wait that's to see that cool. on television. Like, like, how funny. And they must have seen it in edit and gone, holy shit, we are going to get sued. You said this, there was yeah. no OH&S in New no, Zealand, eh? But yeah. I nearly broke my neck legit. Fuck. So, yeah. but, but it was really funny because, like, even though that happened, I hit the ground and I was like, my head's still on. And I just kept running like I was still in the challenge. I was like, Good. like you're, you're just in war. You're like, I will survive. Your mm-hmm. casting tips would be... I reckon literally be yourself. Like don't try, I know that's really cliche, but don't try and like amp up and be louder because the people who were obviously trying to be louder than other people in auditions are like, you're putting on an act, you're annoying, like you're not likable. So you have to be likable but have like a personality. So don't, don't, like don't be too scared to say things, but just say what you think. And when you're asked a question, just say the most ridiculous thing that comes to your mind, but don't talk over others. Because I think a lot of people in, I don't know about for you guys as well, but in auditions, people try to like, and it's very obvious they're doing it. Yeah. Even, even, even the villain needs to be liked to a certain extent. So the, so the um, watcher feels betrayed by the villain, you know? So I think that that's the big one. I remember my group audition, mate. I was the quietest person in it, I reckon. And it was like 300 people in a room. And Mm. I just sat sat in the corner and just watched these people just scream over each other. eh? And I went... Just dying to get on, and it's like that's actually shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, if that's your personality, go for it. But if you're getting, if you if you feel like you aren't being seen, they won't have you. Like, just do it. If, speak when spoken to, basically. Yeah, great yeah. tip. Would you do it all over again? I asked Mum this the other day. I was like, Do you think I, you know, if I could have gone back in time because I had a different interview, and she was like, You know, it changed it. It changed my life so much that you can't really regret it. It's like saying, Oh, do you regret having a like having a baby, or like, Oh, do you regret moving cities? And it's like. Like, well, I don't know what would have happened if I if I didn't do it. Like, it literally changed my life. I quit my job. I have a podcast. I like my life is out like on Instagram. I don't have a way to conceptualize what it would have been like if I hadn't gone. So I think no. I think it's all worked out for the best. I mean, I'm having a rosé on a Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. talking to you guys. So I feel like things are going pretty well, you know? I am quite confident and I just I just think there's no reason that it wouldn't be me. If you want to share your audition nightmare or your audition experience or tell us what you want to know ahead of your audition, head to www.realityispodcast.com. 
please, while you're there, hit subscribe in the top right corner and rate our show so that other listeners can find us. Share us with your friends. All this will help us keep making this show for you. Also, flick us through any questions you'd like to know from Shane's Big Brother experience in 2020 or my The Mole experience way back in 2005. I'm at Liz Cantor on Instagram. Flick me through any questions. And Shane? I'm at Shane Vincent Celebrant on Instagram or the, uh, the Realities Podcast. 